You're listening to a Broadmoor Podcast production. On Sunday, we continued our home series where we're exploring the mission of the church and how that is uniquely expressed in our faith family at Broadmoor. Pastor Josh preached from Luke chapter 14, verses 25 through 35. This passage is all about the cost of discipleship, and it's pretty challenging. Among other things here, Jesus says that we can't be his disciple unless we hate our family and even our own lives. So what does he mean? Well, we're talking about this and a lot more today on After the Message. chance that my stomach's gonna mm. noise us through this. Fight for, for intake or exit? <laughs> Maybe both. False start. <laughs> hey Mike, hey. you got something to say? <clears throat> me, 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 me. Welcome to the podcast today, guys. <laughs> hey Mike. Uh, sometimes getting just getting started is a little bit of a struggle. Uh, it's a fun struggle. Sometimes. I'm ready. I don't <laughs> okay. know what y'all doing. Y'all just all the time, uh, but some days more so. Some days than more than others. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, how are you guys? We're great, man. Good. Good. Yeah. 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 You know, I thought this was going to be like a really low key podcast today because everybody kind of walked in really sleepy. <laughs> well, we just need to warm up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so, but then Neil got here us, and yeah, it all some changed. Of us didn't walk in on time at all. So that's yeah. Yeah, some some of us were napping in their offices, and we had to call and wake up. Yeah. I wish Neil would nap in his office. That would never happen. Yeah, how awesome! Would that but we be? would take a picture and use it somewhere. That would be photo worthy. So yeah, can you imagine the type of day that would have to be? Oh, <laughs> no, I can't actually. Um, yeah, well, glad you guys are here. We're glad you're here, Mike. Thank you. It's mm. good to be here. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, so as 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 we often do, uh, let's go around the room and talk about who's who's here today. So, uh, to my left, <laughs> we've got Mark Evans. Hey, Mike. Mark, good to have you today. Great to be here. Josh Braddy, mm-hmm. Preston Crow, yep. Neil Marsh. Yeah, yeah. And as always, Chase, Chase Hammock. <laughs> yeah. Chase actually has a mic over there, but I'm not mm. sure he's going to use it. So, we'll he's on standby. He's ready, though. Yeah. But anyway, well... So, um, yeah, so we continued into our home series Sunday, uh, second week of four, and uh, it was great. I mean, I mean, Preston actually said that this was, would you say Preston? One of my favorites. One of his, One yes. of his but he favorites. Gives, he gives us compliments I, all the I time. I preface <laughs> that by <laughs> saying uh, you don't like to rate sermons, but... <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a unique thing. Like when somebody will will like give you, uh, I almost didn't say it for that reason. Boy, it's like, oh, that was a great sermon, and so deep in the heart, like you're like, well, what about the what other? About the other ones? It's way oh, great. It's way better it was... than what you normally do. <laughs> <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> yeah. First among equals, right? That's what it was. <laughs> I hope you feel really encouraged, Josh. Yeah, super encouraged. So, oh. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so anyway, yeah. We, so we were talking a lot about. Uh, 
Sunday, uh, you know, it was kind of centered around our values as a church, but mm. uh, but then you, you preach from Luke chapter 14. And so uh, as we jump in, before we, we start to get to some of the things specific to the scripture passage, uh, it might be helpful just to review our, our values, which you, you did at the top of your message, uh, but just for our listeners. Um, so there are six values that, uh, and, and you can find these on our website with deeper explanations of each, but uh, basically are we submit to God's word, we pursue reconciliation, we equip disciple makers, we run to the hurting, we cultivate real relationships, and we live generously. Mm-hmm. And as uh, as Neil likes to say, that creates an acronym. Just discovered mm-hmm. it. It's so helpful. Sparkle. Sparkle. <laughs> Wait, do you have to say it like that? You have to say okay. it, or you go, sparkle. <laughs> oh, wow. That was even worse. Uh, a man of many talents. And, and yet, this is going to be the thing that everybody's going to remember it by. That's right. That's right. So, uh, but, I, but I think that these these values are helpful just, just in determining and, and sort of laying out guardrails that, that, uh, that sort of guide how we live out. Uh, you know, there is a... Obviously, the Church Universal has a mission, mm. but how does that flesh out uh, sp- specifically in our local context? Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, yeah. So, anyway, and w- then we came into uh, to Luke chapter fourteen and uh, picked up kind of in the in the middle of that chapter. Um, but so the big question, Josh, is always like, how was this preparing? As you you were kind of digging into this message and preparing for it. Yeah, it, it was great. So this is one of my favorite times of the year when we get to do, we get to revisit who we are as a church, why we exist, mission that stands before us. Like this is fun um, for for me particularly, um, and and the values for me are really really important. Um, yeah. Particularly because it gives us some handles. Like mm-hmm. truly, like it, we we have passion, we have excitement, we have we want to. But how? Well, we we have these as guardrails, like you said, or, or riverbanks, as we we talk about, like a, a big moving body of water to keep it where it needs to be and in the direction it needs to go. Well, this is going to help us do that. Yeah. And I think each year when we come to August, and if we continue to do it in August, like it's just it helps clarify for us how we are to live out this mission that God has trusted to us. So it it was exciting. And then Luke 14 is one of my favorite passages uh, between that and Luke 9 because it's this idea of cost of discipleship. What what does it look like to to follow Jesus? And uh, and I think there is an attention-grabbing aspect to this text Mm -hmm. because it starts out, Mm -hmm. you've got to hate your mom and dad. You've got to hate your your family, even your own life. And you got to take up your cross. And like for them even, like Jesus hadn't gone to the cross yet. So Mm -hmm. so they weren't thinking, Mm -hmm. go to the cross like my savior. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were thinking uh, a very awful torture device that they're going to be mocked and ridiculed and shamed prior to them dying. Yeah. And Jesus says, that's what it's going to take to follow me. And so there's a whole lot there that you got to unpack if you're going to yeah. understand. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so well, let's just jump right in because uh, so you, you mentioned the word uh, hyperbole on Sunday. So why don't we start by just talking about that? Like what what is hyperbole and, and how does that apply in this passage here? Sure. Well, it, it's it's something that you would use like if in communication or in, in a style of trying to get people to understand something that you are going to take an example and it's going to be an extreme example to prove a point, right? So so when he speaks here in verse 26, if anyone comes to me, this is Jesus, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother 
and his wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Well, he doesn't actually mean that you are going to hate them. But the point is that your love for Christ or your, your following Christ should be so focused, so, so devoted that it looks like that every, every other thing, because those, those relationships that he mentions, father, mother, wife, children, brothers, and sisters, those are really important relationships. Mm-hmm. They're good relationships. He's not saying they're bad. But even in the best things on this side of eternity pale in comparison to who Christ is. Mm-hmm. Therefore, our devotion to him should also yeah. be that. You, you use the words, he uses strong language to demonstrate a strong commitment. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that was important because the commitment he's calling us to should be the top of every commitment that we ever make. And so what language do you use to set something apart that's going to get people's attention? I think he nailed it. I mean, he went straight for all the things that we tend yeah. to put in front of him, above him, yeah. um, in the wrong priority. Yep. I, I, I think that's right. And Sometimes our picture is it's almost a prioritization of I love God with 80% of my love mm-hmm. and then my family will get another percent. Mm-hmm. And I think what he what he's saying is in comparison, there's a whole it's not like first, second, third. Right. It's he is supreme over all. There is a there's mm-hmm. a love for him that is that's all consuming. And it's not like, and then I'll give you know, a little bit less to my my family. Yes. Yeah, right. No, in comparison, there is no comparison. Right. It's almost an opposite. I think right, when you talk right. about hate, yeah. in the comparison of how we love God versus how we surrender our lives mm-hmm. and commit to other worship mm-hmm. others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And and I think like you know I know at least in our group discussion uh, uh, during life group hour you know there's some that really struggle with with that. Like I guess just just taking things really literally and like really struggle with <laughs> with seeing you know and we had a lot of discussion around like does it really mean I have to hate my you know right. <laughs> well, well no it doesn't but um, you know and so I, I think it was just a reminder that you know for some it can be hard to, that's uh-huh. that's a hard concept to to get your head around I wanted though mention another thing that came up in in our group particularly, and it may have come up in some other places, uh, but in that same verse, you know, it says, unless you do this, unless you hate your, your father and mother and sister and brother and, you know, all the, all the, all the people, um, that you cannot be my disciple, mm-hmm. and, which is like, sounds like very firm language. Yeah. Like, unless you do this, or. like, you're not, you're not my disciple. Right. And, um, and I think, you know, so we had some discussion around uh, just just the whole, like a real struggle with that. And I think it's, uh, Preston, when we were talking before we recorded, you, you, you talked about just the importance of keeping in mind sort of the whole context of Scripture. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that's, that's where we landed as we talked about it in our group. It's mm-hmm. like... Yeah, it, you, have to, you have to also keep in mind that, that you know... It, it, when we take the whole scripture in, in totality, like there's a sanctification yeah, process, sure. like, and and you can't discount that. Mm-hmm. So how do we reconcile that? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think you mentioned part of it is looking at the whole of scripture. There's there are enough other passages that talk about how to love your family and care for your family, and even 
in our life group, Jennifer brought up, you know, Jesus on the cross even is taking care of his mom. And mm-hmm. so it's not it's not that we ignore our family or we're like, hey, I love Jesus so much that now I'm not going to care for you or right. I'm going to abandon you or anything like that. In fact, our love for Christ should inform the way that we love our family. But back to what Mark was saying, this in comparison to our love mm-hmm. for God, that's where the, uh-huh. the difference is. But I think the the whole idea is you can't just cherry pick a verse or a passage and then create a whole theology based uh-huh. off of just that. You have mm-hmm, to look right. across all of Scripture and say, how does this line up with other Scripture? Which I think is part of how we determine, is this hyperbole or is this right. Uh-huh. literal, right? right? And you do that in other passages where you have to go, okay, is he does he mean that literally or is this a figurative speech? Right. Right. How do we know that? Well, part of how we know it, not the only way, but part of how we know it is we line it up with the rest of Scripture mm-hmm. yeah. and go, how does that how do these things mesh? Okay, so so but that but that phrase, he cannot be my disciple. I mean, mm. it sounds like it's a, it's a very it's a black or Definitive. white thing. Like yeah. it's either either you do, and it sounds really performance based mm-hmm. or moralistic. I, like either you do this or you are not my right. discipleship. Or so disciple. I've, I've talked about my my, <laughs> my performance based legalistic tendencies throughout high school and college. Honestly, it was these verses right here hmm. that drove it. Hmm. Like I had Luke nine twenty three mm-hmm. nailed. Yeah. That's um, where that tattoo came from. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh. which is you know deny yourself, take up your cross, yep. and so Daily. it was a. Mm-hmm. I'm going to prove, effort, strive that I can take up my cross. Mm-hmm. Well, what that did was, of course, led to a lot of shame because I couldn't yeah. fulfill what my picture of taking up my cross was and mm-hmm. dying to self and mm-hmm. hating my family mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. Like this, it was almost this marine version of Christianity. Mm. And when I couldn't keep up, it created a lot of anxiety. It created a lot of shame. Mm-hmm. And so even yesterday, I found myself trying to understand how, what does it look like to know that we're still sinful, we're still broken, mm. but that doesn't mean that I don't really love him. It doesn't mean that I don't really um, see him as God. Right. My morality... Um, it doesn't have my poor effort at being a moral person does not discount my love for him, my worship for him, the fact that I see him as supreme because I do. But going back to sanctification, mm-hmm. I think it's a growth in not just I need to be a marine and improve my morality. Right. It's the more I see him and declare his supremacy overall the more my heart will yield to him and then my behavior will change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And and sometimes we get those backwards. So we, I shoot, go, we shoot straight for the morality and not the that's as right. we're talking about like I go back to Matthew four nineteen, Jesus's invitation to follow him, um, that he the promise that he will make them something they're not already fishers of men, right? That's mm-hmm. right. And so I think what he's saying is you can't be my disciple is we're gonna be disciples of something but the only way you be my disciples if you stay close to me. Anything that steps in the way of, of us and our mm. and your abiding in me and connecting mm. keeps you from being up close to me, and it keeps you from letting me change you into who yes. I'm remaking you to be. Ooh, that's mm. a beautiful frame. That's good. Yeah. That is way better than what I was fixing to say. <laughs> absolutely fantastic. Mine was going to go sports metaphor because we got to remember there's huge crowds following him, and in the crowd there's people that love him, don't love him, that don't know much about him. They're just here to see the show. 
So he turns and says, hey, if you really want to follow me, this is what it's going to take, right? Yeah. And, and no doubt, some people heard that and said, of course, yeah, I'm in. And there would be other people who heard that and say, mm, I, I don't, don't know think if so. I can do that. And so I think like Gideon, like my, my 10th grader or Mayor Joy, my, my second grader, and the difference in those two kids, right? So I, they don't listen to this podcast. So I'm going to air some laundry on them right now. <laughs> um, so like Gideon wants to be like, he wants to play sports. And he'll say, hey, I want to play football. I want to play baseball. Yesterday, he played his first round of golf. He came home last night. Dad, can I join the golf team? I was like, bro, you swung a golf club one time today, <laughs> and now you want to join the golf Like, And to talk to him is, hey, buddy, um, it's going to take some commitment to do this, wow. right? And here's what would happen with him. He would go out. He would join the team and get a week in and decide, I don't want to do this anymore. This is, this is harder than I thought it was going to be. This is, this is requiring too much of me. I'm out. Which then goes down in the same text, well, who would, if you're going to build a, a tower, not decide if you have all the mm-hmm. materials to build the tower, mm-hmm. because you're, you're going to get halfway through, run out of materials, and you're going to feel shame mm-hmm. because you didn't count the cost prior to going. Mm-hmm. For me, this isn't uh, a, a line in the sand saying, how dare you, like, that's not the words mm-hmm. of Christ. Like, yeah. this is more of a grace to those who were following him. Saying if you really want to follow really me, be like. this is what it's mm-hmm. going to be like. It's going to be all-consuming in the greatest of ways. Like he would say, "Thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy." I've come to give you That's life, right. like you can't mm-hmm. imagine. Mm-hmm. But there's a devotion aspect to this yeah. that is going to be all-consuming. Yeah. And if you don't, mm-hmm. then then you're going to fall away. And I want I want to put that up front. Yeah, That's good. That's it, a great reminder because I I think especially in our culture, a lot of times as we talk about what it means to follow Christ, we almost try to to get around that side of it. Ooh, it's yeah. almost like, hey, come follow Christ and here's all the great benefits and mm-hmm. here's all the wonderful right. aspects. And and he didn't. I mean, mm-hmm. he, in this passage, is very clear with them that if you if you agree to come follow me, yeah. it's going to be hard. Yeah. It's going to cost gonna be, you something. It's going to cost you something. Can we do a hot and, take real quick? Like, I, um, I struggle with this and, and this is this goes against being Baptist. Uh, this goes against being probably uh, Southern Baptist and evangelical, and I don't know where I land now uh, with with this very thing. Mm. Mass evangelism, mm. I can't stand it. Mm. Like mm. when when somebody stands up and says, "If anybody wants to go to heaven, raise your hand," and yeah. then you have hundreds of people raise their hand, and they're like, "Oh, praise God!" You know, you got a hundred people in the king. No, they're not. But you have we whoever was the authority over that moment has has caused some people to believe that just because they mm-hmm. raised their hand in a moment without thought of devotion, without yeah. thought of lordship, without thought of what this life following him is going to take, but now all of a sudden they believe they have eternity secured mm-hmm. because they raised their hand, they said a prayer, they walked an aisle. Mm-hmm. I struggle with that greatly. Mm-hmm. And, and and probably to the detriment of I when people say, hey, I want to follow Jesus, there's a part of me that that almost tries to talk them mm-hmm. out of it, mm-hmm. or, or at least out of that moment and say, hey, look, if the Lord is drawing yeah. you, he's not just drawing you right now. Right. Like he's going to draw you tomorrow. He's going to draw you next right. week. Let's sit and talk. Right. Let's read. Let's pray. And I know that goes against maybe <laughs> maybe where we come from or... But that's a struggle. I well, have. and you and you reference, you know, that, that that just the way this this whole passage started, it's like you know that was never came up in a church growth strategy no. <laughs> in seminary. But you know, I, my mind went to um, just a few chapters later in in Luke eighteen, you know, where Jesus is talking to the rich young ruler, right? Mm-hmm. And he says, you know, uh, you know how how do I how do I be born again? And he mm-hmm. says, you know, we'll keep all these commandments. He said, I've done this. Mm-hmm. And then yep. he says, well, go sell everything you have and, and give it to the poor and then come follow me. 
And the guy went away sad, right? Because yeah. he was a really wealthy guy. And so, mm-hmm. you know, his heart was obviously, you know, he, he was not willing to pay the cost mm-hmm. uh, right. uh, and allowed uh, that to come between him and his, you know, ability to, to follow Jesus mm-hmm. and, and be his disciple. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's the same thing we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, all right. So... You made uh, you made a statement yesterday uh, that we are not. There's something. This is probably paraphrased, but we are not sick made better, but we are dead made alive. Mm. Which that was a pretty powerful mm. picture. And um, and so let's let's talk more about that for a minute, um, because I think you know, I think that's often the way that we approach it, right? It's, it's like, Hey, I'm, I'm an okay person, but Jesus is going to make me, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's just, mm-hmm. again, it's this moralistic thing. Jesus is going to make me better. And we don't realize the depth of our brokenness, right? Like mm-hmm. we are, we are not just okay. Like we're dead. That's right. Mm-hmm. And Paul, Paul speaks to that in most of, of the letters that he writes and in, in communicating to the churches, like to remind them, they were dead in their sins. It was it was it was not um, a brokenness of like just a sickness um, that they needed a little bit of help, but they they needed God to breathe new life into them. And and I think this goes back to and again speaks to Jesus saying it's an it, it is an all or nothing kind of thing uh, in the sense of dead to alive. Hmm. Uh, not not we come to Jesus as if he is a a convenience store, and we say. Um, or, or maybe maybe even a better better illustration is like a, a part store, like an auto part store. Like your car is broken, but you only need this little part. Mm-hmm. Uh, or or maybe maybe you're running low on this thing, and so you only frequent the part store when you need something refilled or you need something fixed. But as soon as you get the part, and soon as it goes into your truck or your car and it starts to run again, you don't go back by O'Reilly's. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. so so right. you just cruise right past it mm-hmm. until you need something again, and then you pull back into the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Too often, we treat Christ that way, uh, as if we only need Him when we are sick or broken or missing mm-hmm. something, and we miss the idea that we were dead, mm-hmm. and He's now made us alive. Mm-hmm. And and to the point, He tells us to abide in Him, meaning it's not a show up every once in a while or just when you need something. It's an every day. Yeah. Uh, connection to him to make sure that we have what we need to do what he's called us to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of why this was one of my favorite sermons. Um, <laughs> because, and I know we're not to the end of the passage yet, or the sermon yet, but you had this um, great picture of Christ himself saying, this is what it looks like to follow me. Not mm-hmm. us saying, this is what it looks like, but him actually saying, this is what it looks like to follow me. And he's very real about the the hardness of it mm-hmm. and what that might cost you. Um, but then we also, at the end of the sermon, uh, through a different passage, find out that we don't do it in our own power. That's right. right? We're yoked together with him, and he provides for us the strength. And that's why we need it not just every now and then, but we need it all the time. All the time. And so to me, that's that all together is the gospel of what it looks like to follow him and the the fact that we don't do it on our own just kind of wrapped it all up together. But I, I think we try real hard mm-hmm. to just go get the part and then mm. wing it as long as we can. And then That's it was right. like, I cannot do this anymore. We run back to him. Right? Yeah. This came up in our life group. Do you think this is right? Um, I've been reading hmm, 
come back and reading like some John Mark Comer and Tyler just lost his last name. Staten. 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 Um, and they talk about the idea that we typically artificially separate our lives into sacred mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. secular. Secular. Yep. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we don't think we, because we compartmentalize our lives into those categories, we don't think we need Christ in the secular. Mm-hmm. And right. so we keep bouncing in and out of Sunday mornings or those yep. things. That, those are the sacred moments when, in fact, all the moments are sacred. Mm-hmm. And I would push it beyond need, I and mean, I think that's definitely part of it. Mm-hmm. But I think it's it, it's it's not just need. It's there's the the opportunity we have to abide and enjoy Him mm-hmm. and worship Him, and we separate those out into church moments where we can worship Him, enjoy Him, abide in Him, mm-hmm. study the Word together, and then maybe our quiet time if we're having a good week, we have those moments. But I think what these guys are saying, Comer and Staten, is that's what we have the privilege to enjoy all day, mm-hmm. every day. There's not moments that we retreat. Now, there, we hope there's moments sure, that you retreat, sure. but it's not just it's not just those moments. It's all throughout the day that we have the opportunity to continually understand our posture, mm-hmm. reflect back on who he is, love him, abide in him mm-hmm. all throughout our day. Mm-hmm. And there's a relationship there yeah. that's beyond just the sacred moments. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, as you were talking, I, I kind of went back the, to the disciples, like physically following him mm-hmm. as he's called them. And throughout their day, they would have this just constant interaction and these everyday moments in some cases, like go go buy bread. We got to eat, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but woven through these everyday moments are these deep conversations yes. about how it all is sacred, about how it all relates together. And I think, Neil, you're right. We tend to go... We bounce back and forth because we separate those things out. Mm-hmm. And so Sunday morning is this, but later on as I'm parenting or as I'm dealing with something around my house or whatever, then that's, well, that's it's, not. It's a needs-based, often, relationship. Mm-hmm. And what did we say? Who said it earlier? We um, we come to him. This the exchange verse, I mean, statement that you made. Um, he, we don't just come to him to get what we want. It's mm-hmm. not like we... We bring whatever we can bring to him so that we can get what we want from right. him. Right. Well, yesterday in Life Group, we were talking about Adam and Eve. There was a season where they lived in the garden before there was brokenness, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they just walked with him. Yep. So it says they walked with him. They mm-hmm. talked with him. Well, they weren't desperately praying for some broken situation in that moment. Mm-hmm. Right. They were just enjoying yeah. their fellowship with their father. Yes, right. And it, it gave a picture of that's what we – we can do that. Mm-hmm. We can just enjoy having conversation with our mm-hmm. Father that doesn't have to be crisis need-based. <laughs> I'm here to get something from you. You know, and um, <laughs> this isn't a, a book review of, of Praying Like Monks, Living Like Fools, um, but that's a Tyler Staten book that Neil uh, was was mentioning just a little bit. And he talks about the posture of prayer to do that that very thing in his everyday to keep him from running from fire to fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and his his premise was the Lord's prayer is what he used, and and I've actually been trying to do that more because it keeps me 
praying without ceasing, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily a Lord. This this big thing is happening. This this test. This 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 struggle. This this fire needs to 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 be fixed. But it's just Lord, you're holy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do I see your holiness right mm-hmm. now? How am I experiencing this? You, I'm I'm asking Lord, uh, your your name to be hallowed, God. How mm-hmm. how can I make your name holy in how I live? Like just to breathe those prayers in yeah. everyday life. When I'm washing dishes last night, when I'm folding clothes, like like just normal mundane. And it's a beautiful thing because it, it keeps my mind on that and away from other things. That's right. Mm. That's really good. Mm. Yeah. Uh, as, as several of you were talking, I was just thinking, you know, I mean, again, this is just reiterates what we've been talking about. But, you know, we we often come to God with, with you know, we just want some we want some minor tweaks on life, you know, and, and maybe just fill some of the void that we might we might feel or. Uh, make us make us a little better when when what he really wants to do is give us an entirely new life mm-hmm. and you know I think even with the disciples there you know mm-hmm. uh, several of them were fishermen and you know when they followed like it's not like he just added in, to their life and right. made that fisherman's life a little better like mm-hmm. it was a completely different different life that mm-hmm. they lived and uh, yeah mm-hmm. it's good good stuff um so uh, I want to talk real quick because uh, Neil, you mentioned in your life group, uh, you guys have started to to uh, to sort of end with with a couple of questions, which I think is important and would be really great. By the way, before we go there, uh, Josh, you started your th- little three week life group on Sunday. I did, and I hear you had a great turnout for it. It was awesome, man. It was yeah. great. We I don't know about fifty five people, and it. It was just good, man. Mm-hmm. People who are brand new to the church, some people who had been there ten years, mm-hmm. people who were looking for community, people who are looking for answers in faith, and it was just—it was great, man. It was a lot of fun. So yeah. two more weeks. It's good. Um, so, but anyway, I, I think a lot of times in our discussions in life group, like we can talk about these topics and things, but we don't uh, often may not just really get real and serious about what it is that we need to do in response to it. Like it's one thing to talk about it, but like to really think about application. And I think that's kind of what you guys are hitting on in your group, right? Yeah. So we did. So the way that Mark and then, and Jay have set up our life group content when we do this, the home series every year is those, one of the things we try to do in there is take a moment to be as a group reflective on what was the past year like and where does your group need to grow in this next year? Not numerically, but like in depth and in health. And so the conversation yesterday landed with the idea of how does this particular group, um, how do they keep this in front of them? Because they kind of landed on in the values. They were like, we need to really focus in on submitting to the word because everything else kind of falls in place if you begin there, right? Mm -hmm. And so they asked a couple of questions. Um, I said, so how do you do this moving forward? And it was, we should ask God what he wants us to be and do in response to something we just talked about this week. Like, mm-hmm. so ask God, hey, what do you want from us to either become or to do this week? And the other one I thought was really great was, so what are the, the nets that we need to drop that we're holding on to that are keeping us from grabbing on to what he has for us? Just really practical questions mm-hmm. in response to the, what they're reading that week or what they're discussing. So what does God most want from us or for us to be or do this week? And then what are the things I'm holding on to 
that practically I need to let go of in order to become or to pursue that. Mm. That's good. It's a great life group. Mm. <laughs> Steal that. Mm-hmm. Did that. Despite the teaching that happened yesterday, they, they carried all the water. Uh, yeah. Well, this was one of Preston's favorite, it uh, was, favorite so it was. sermons. So, you know, it'll go on record. You know, uh, I imagine your lesson could have been one of their favorites. <laughs> I, yeah, probably. So. I'm sure that's what it was. <laughs> Somebody. Yeah. Um, no, it's so good. Uh, guys, uh, you know, I, I'm just so excited for this season and it's, you know, there's such energy around this time of year and, and, you know, we get to see such life mm-hmm. in the church and, mm-hmm. and I'm so glad that we do this or that we're doing this, uh, at this time, mm-hmm. um, you know, cause it's such a great opportunity, uh, for one, for us to, to, to talk about what it means to be a disciple of Jesus and, and what it means to be invested in the body here at Broadmoor. Um, and, which is a great reminder for our people, like for the people who are already members and already invested in the church here. Um, but we have so many guests and so many people who are just kind of coming into this body. And um, I mean, I think, Josh, I even heard you mention that you've, you've had some people yesterday who, you know, in your group that uh, are just really on the front end of this journey. Yeah. And um, I think it's it's such an exciting time. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Hey, I'm thankful go- for our church that, that makes... Um, makes space for people who are journeying, uh-huh. uh, makes space for people who uh, in, in some ways feel like they have it together and com- the same space is safe for those who would say, I know nothing uh, and I have doubt and I'm struggling mm. and I want to be here. And, mm. and I, I love that we have safe space for that. Mm. Mm-hmm. We had a cool interaction yesterday about things that we see. Um, <coughs> so we have a, a group that's going to Tanzania on Sunday mm-hmm. uh, for a couple of weeks. And we have at our church a prayer ministry. Uh, and so yesterday I had this cool opportunity where four or five of those individuals came and, and actually asked, we need to pray over you guys before you go on your mission trip and to be prayed over mm-hmm. by, by church members and deacons. Mm-hmm. Um, man, after they were done praying, I was like, we could. You ready? Let's go. Let's we do could it. do that. Like, let's go right now. <laughs> yeah. It really was beautiful to see the mm-hmm. church mobilized, mm-hmm. not only for missions, mm-hmm. but for prayer um, and to cover some prayer that focused on us abiding in Jesus while we were yeah. in a foreign country. It was pretty amazing. It's great. great. Yeah, I, th- I think Mark's about to lose it over here. What happened? <laughs> I don't know. I like. I got something got in my throat. Up. I'm about to start coughing. <laughs> hey. Thank you for saying that, Neil. Um, we're, we are excited about this team going out. And mm-hmm. as you listen to this this week, I hope you take a second to pray for that team as they prepare to go. Yeah. Um, you guys leave Sunday, right? Yeah, yeah. Sunday. Yeah, it's great. Excited about it. Well, guys, great discussion today. Thanks for thanks for being a part of it. And looking forward to the next couple of weeks as we uh, continue in this series. And I think we're going to talk more about uh, sort of what we're hoping to challenge our, our church to do over yeah. the next year in terms of uh, a goal that we could mm-hmm. all accomplish together. And uh, so excited to hear more about that. And next week is our strategy. Yes. Jay Fletcher's the one on the word. Jay Fletcher. Jay Fletcher preaching. Looking forward to that. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Gonna be great. Well, guys, love doing life with you. Mm -hmm. Thanks for the conversation. This has been a production of Broadmoor Baptist Church. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with others and don't forget to subscribe. To help us spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe as well. 
They can find us wherever they prefer to get their podcasts. And if you'd like more information about Broadmoor, please visit our website at broadmoor.org or connect with us on your favorite social media platform where we're listed as at my Broadmoor. Thanks for listening.